How is everybody today? Good. Labor Day weekend. How many people have the day off tomorrow? Excellent. Some of the retirees have their hands up too. That's impressive. Did you guys have the days off tomorrow too? So we're in the middle of a series right now. We're taking an adventure through Scripture, adventures in the Bible. And this really is, you may, if you've seen me or know me, I really like telling stories. Um, and so when Rex said, we're going to do a, we're going to do a series on stories in the Bible, I was like all excited about it. Um, my stories have always been a part of my life. When I was studying to be a pastor, one of the people that I would see at several different conventions and stuff, and he would come to our church, uh, to our school once a year and, and speak. His name was Tommy Oaks and Tommy Oaks actually had, he, he kind of became my idol in speaking, but he had a master's degree in storytelling. And when he would speak, he would just be, he would take you on a 45 minute story. And about 44 minutes and 30 seconds, he would hit you upside the head with what he wanted you to know. And this was always amazing. And and my grandfather, my my mom and dad are here today. My grandfather on my mom's side was a huge storyteller. And we would sit around, one of the coolest things as a kid for me was to sit around and listen to my grandfather tell stories about things that they had done with his cousins and with his brothers and all that kind of stuff. And there were some, there were several stories that I was like, hey, there's so, yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe he stretched the truth a little bit. But one of the things that's important for us to understand is that the, the stories that we're telling you and we're going through are not stories as you might think stories made up. They're actually events that happened in Scripture. They're actually historical things that have happened. So as we talk today, the things that I talk to you about, and as we go through and you hear about our story today, it's actually real live events. So keep that in the back of your mind and remember that as we go through. So we're going to talk about Elijah today. Um, And this is one of my favorite stories to preach on, I, it, it, just because it's a lot of fun, and there's some things in there that I'll bring out later that really, it, just because of my personality, I think are kind of fun to share. And so you might know what those are if you know me well enough. Oh, and by the way, if you're new with us, and I know we're, I know we're broadcasting now, and there's a spot I'm supposed to stay, but I'm not staying there because they widened out the uh, screen for me. Um, but. Uh, if you if you're new with us or you're new, this is your first time you're watching online. I am not the real live pastor here. Um, I was JV for a little bit, and then Paul started preaching. Now I've been kind of bumped down to the freshman team, but that's okay because freshman teams are just as fun. So it's okay. But but if you don't like what you hear today, it's important for you to know I'm not the guy all the time. And Rex is fantastic. He does a great job. I'm honored to actually fill the pulpit when he's gone because he does such a good job. So give him a chance next week. At least, at least give, give the church one more chance. Don't, don't kill it after today. Okay? Okay, good. So we're going to talk about Elijah today. Now there are three people in history that have left this earth alive. Who can name three? Name one for me. One's easy. Melchizedek. Okay? Give me another one. There's, we'll go with four then. If we're going to go with Melchizedek, we'll go with four. Enoch, right? He's walking with God and just all of a sudden is no more. Who's the other one? Elijah. Elijah is who we're going to talk about today. Who's the other one? Thank you. Gee, I was hoping that one would come out first. I'm like, oh, they're going to get Jesus right away. Nope. Ah, Nope. Okay. Well, okay. But so 
Elijah is one of these people that actually, in a, it's a pretty cool way he left the earth. I don't know if you know the story, and you can read it. It's not part of our story today. But he actually, but he had a cool way to leave. But if God chose to take Elijah without making him die, where do you think that Elijah ranks in, in the people of God and in, in the people that are used by God? Do you think that puts him in a low position or kind of a higher position? He said elevates him a little bit or keeps him down toward the bottom. I would say it probably elevates him, right? I mean, if you get to leave the earth without dying, that's a pretty cool thing. So I'm going to say that he's up there, which is important because later in the story, when I say some things, you have to remember that he's actually on God's 18, okay? He's on the varsity. So remember that as we go through. Elijah's a cool guy. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, before we get into 1 Kings chapter 18, though, I want you to, I want you to know that in chapter 17, verse 1, Elijah makes a statement to the king. The king at the time is Ahab, and Ahab has made a mess of Israel. He's, he's let them, they, everybody's worshiping everybody but God. Now remember, the Israelites are God's chosen people. They've been called out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness and all that kind of stuff. But now King Ahab is the king, and King Ahab has decided, you know, that God dude really isn't all that cool. I think this Baal guy is better, so let's get everybody to worship Baal, and we'll get Baal to do what we want him to do, and so we'll make this little statue, and we'll worship this guy named Baal. And so everybody in Israel had started to worship Baal instead of God. And so Elijah goes to King Ahab at one point and he says, hey Ahab, just so you know, it's not going to rain until I say it. Until I give the word to rain again, it's not going to. So prepare for a drought because I think somehow we need to get your attention. So when I give the word for it to rain again, it's going to rain again, not until. Now think about that for just a second. Can you imagine being the one walking up to a king? I mean, if you're going to talk to a king, you're probably going to try and be a little respectful to him. You're probably going to, you'd be a little bit, I mean, it's not every day you get to see a king, right? And so Elijah tells this king, hey, by the way, I'm going to make your life miserable. And it's going to be miserable until I choose for it not to be miserable. Okay? Any questions? Okay, see you later. And then leaves. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay? Tuck that. We've got several things tucked in the back of our mind. We're going to bring back later. Okay? Right? So now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Remember, Elijah is a prophet of God, and everybody in Israel now is worshiping this God named Baal. So Elijah has had enough, and he says, okay, this is crazy. We can't do this anymore. And so it said, the Bible says in, in chapter 18, on, in the third year, the third year from what? When he told him it wasn't going to rain. Three years of no rain. Just that's kind of a big thing, right? So there's three years of no rain. Elijah comes to Ahab, and Ahab is, gets this message from Elijah. You know what? This is crazy, Ahab. Either Baal is God or my God is God. The God of Israel or Baal. One of them has to be. It can't be both. So let's do this. Let's have this contest, and we'll go up on this mountain. And the name of the mountain is my favorite Sunday. It's Mount Carmel. And so they go to this, the top of this mountain. At least I, I did get a couple of chuckles out of that. I appreciate that. So they go to the top of this mountain. And, and Elijah says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have you build an altar. And I'm going to build an altar. And we're both going to pray to our God. 
And whichever God answers by fire and actually burns up the, the, burns up the sacrifice, that's who God really is. How's that sound? That's, that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? That, that'll pretty much solve it. So they're like, oh, this is cool. Let's do this. How many of you think there's craziness going on in our world today? Anybody think there's craziness in our world today? The one lesson, the first lesson we're going to learn from Elijah is that the faithful will challenge the foolish. Think about what's going on. I don't even watch the news anymore because... it, it just makes no sense. It's almost like when I see things that are on the news, it's almost like I'm watching a Hollywood movie and I'm expecting the Three Stooges to come out later or something because it, it just makes no sense to me. Things that are going on, it, 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 I, I can't believe that we're actually in the situations that we're in. Now, I, some of you know what I do, and I, this is not a political discussion. I'm not gonna, we're not going to politicize any of this, but... I work for a police department, and it's been kind of a tough year for us here recently because for some reason, every ill in America has been laid at the feet. Everything that's wrong with everything in America has now become policemen's fault. It's all, it's all us. And that's really been a struggle for us. And we're down in numbers, and I'm in charge of recruitment, so I'm going to be trying to recruit a new class. So if anybody wants to be a policeman in the city, please come see me. But, oh, I mess with just but it's been, it's been a real challenge because it just makes no sense. Now, think back to Elijah and all of these prophets. Think about what God had taken all of those people through. They're, they had been through the wilderness. They had been brought out of Egypt. All of those things that they had been through. And now they've decided that God really isn't God. Eh, this guy named Baal is. So they show up. And the story is in First Kings I'm, chapter 18. I'm not going to read it. I put it up there. It's a little too small. But if you follow along in your Bible, you can see what's going on. Okay? So what happens is Elijah gets them up on the mountain. And he says, okay, you guys pray to your God. And they start early in the morning. They, they get to go first. Because if you're going to win, you always let the other team go first. So you can really pound it to them. Okay? So Elijah says, you guys go ahead and get started. So they do. They build their altar, they put the, they put the wood on top of it, they put the bull on top of the wood, and then they step back and they start praying. Oh, Baal, hear us. Baal, answer us. Baal, we want you to burn this sacrifice. Show us that you're really God. And so this goes on and on and on and on. And Elijah's just sitting there, hanging out. Got his feet kicked up, waiting. Because Elijah knows the end of the story. So about noon, about noon, Elijah says, <laughs> and he, I, I, I talked a little bit about bullying before. Elijah kind of was a bully. So I'm going to tell you that. Remember I told you he's kind of, he's kind of high on God's, he's kind of high on God's thing. So you don't, don't think too badly of Elijah when I talk about his bullying skills because he's a bully. Okay. In first Kings chapter 18, Elijah starts making fun of them. The Bible actually says taunting them. Now, we know that we're not supposed to do that. Kids, please don't walk. Please don't go to church, this, go to school this week and say, my preacher said I can be a bully because Elijah was because I'm not saying that. Okay? So, but remember that Elijah is now taunting them. And he starts saying things like, ah. <laughs> maybe he's on vacation. 
Maybe he's talking on the phone. Maybe he's too busy Snapchatting. Maybe he's on Facebook. Maybe he's watching too much TV. And then you'll see in there, and you know, I, I, I love Rex, and Rex is very smart, and I'm really not. And one of the things that Rex does is he knows what Greek and Hebrew words are, right? And he'll, he'll sometimes in his sermons. So I figured I would try the same thing. Anyone see in your Bible where it says busy? You see it says, Elijah says, maybe your God is busy. So the Hebrew word that's used there is also translated going to the bathroom. Taking a deuce. Okay? I told you, he's a bully. Remember, Elijah's pretty far up here. But he actually says to him, hey, maybe, maybe your God's on the real throne right now and he can't actually answer you. That's pretty, that's pretty high on the bullying scale too. I'm not sure if you know that or not. But Elijah is willing to challenge the foolish. And you know what happens then? They get better. They start cutting themselves. Oh, maybe if we bleed, maybe Baal will hear us now. And so now, now we've got the altar, we've got all this blood going on, and we've got Elijah laughing like a fool. Saying, really? really? This, this, is what, this is what you got? All the way through the day. Now, why do I tell you that? Why is that important for us to understand? As followers of God. We're in a crazy world right now. One of my favorite phrases recently has been, our country has lost its mind. And and it's not just what affects me in my job. There's other things that are, I mean, somebody told me a law that's being enacted in California that's beyond my imagination. And I, I don't understand why we can be so crazy, but you look at this, and and Elijah says, this is not right. And Elijah has the courage to stand up in front of him. You know what my question is for us? All this craziness going on in America, all all the silliness that you see on the news, where's the church? What's the church doing while all of this is going on? The church is worshiping. Praise Jesus. Yay. God's good. I'm saved. Thank you. Yay. Oh, I like these chairs. Oh, we're back together in worship now. Anyone seen anyone boldly stand up to some of the craziness that's going on? Okay, let's not talk about donation. Let's talk about it at work because you know these conversations are going on at work. How many of us are just letting the conversations happen at work and not standing up for God? How many of us are just letting it happen? We don't want to make waves. We don't want to get people upset at us. We don't, we don't want to be crazy, even though they're crazy. Elijah said, <laughs> Elijah starts making fun of them. There are some points, some of the things that we see on TV, I actually would like to call the people the same and say, <laughs> are you really kidding me? Because it's crazy, right? Elijah told them, you guys are idiots. And I'm going to show you how big an idiot you are. And I want us to understand as followers of God and followers of Christ and chosen and saved. I want us to understand that it's our responsibility to have the faith to stand up to the craziness. 
God didn't save us to save us. He saved us to save others. It's not enough that I've found Jesus. My responsibility is to help other people find Jesus. And I'm not sure if you realize, but the things that are being taught and the things that are being done and the decisions that are being made are directly against what God would say should be done. And the church is just worshiping. And this church is just praising. Elijah told Ahab, this is enough. I've had enough. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. You, You are not going to continue to make fun of my God. You are no longer able to say that somebody else is better than my God because I know that my God is. So toward the end of the day, he finally says, okay, obviously this isn't going to happen. Which brings us to the second thing that's important for us to understand. And that, that is that the faithful glorify the Father. Now, They built an altar, and they prayed, and nothing happened, right? What's the goal of this challenge? Who wins this? How how is this challenge going to be won? Whoever answers by fire and burns up the sacrifice is going to be really God, right? So, I am not very artistic nor mechanical, so I've got 12 rocks here. But I had to put them in this pan to keep them from falling all over the place because I couldn't get them to stand up and look like a cool altar. But you know what I'm talking about, right? You get the picture. So I've got a piece of wood here. And I got a hot dog. And this is now Elijah's altar. So what's the goal? Answer by fire. So the Bible tells us that he builds an altar with 12 rocks. Why did he use 12 rocks? Huh? The 12 tribes of Israel. You know why Elijah wanted to use 12 rocks and use them for the 12 tribes of Israel? Because he wanted to remind them who they were. They had forgotten, hadn't they? They had forgotten that they were God's chosen people, that they were part of those 12 tribes. And in his subtle little way, as subtle as Elijah can be, he builds this altar with 12 tribes to remind. And as they look at those 12, tri- those 12 rocks, they remember. Whether they want to remember or not, they have to remember. Because every time they build an altar, was to remember God, right? Okay. So then, after the altar is built, then what does Elijah have done next? What's that? Nope. Almost. He digs a trench. Doesn't he? Builds the altar and then digs a trench around the altar. Right? See that in there? What's the trench for? To hold the water. Right. So, we have the altar and then we have Elijah. Says, okay, I'm not going to do 12 of these. The elders were afraid I would stain the carpet. but So he takes water and pours it over. What's the goal of this? What do we want to happen? We want it to burn. Okay. 
Now, I am not a fireman. I like to play with fire. But if I'm going to play with fire, you know one thing I don't bring into the fire that I'm playing with? Water. Why? Because water quenches fire. If I want something to burn, I don't want it wet, right? Elijah fills the trench and the water pours out of this trench that he's dug around the altar. Don't miss that part because that's a huge part of this whole story. Because the faithful glorify the Father. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever wanted to see God show up, do something big in your life? Anybody? How many of you have wanted God to do something big in your life so it would have an impact on someone else? And how many of you have actually prayed for that to happen? Now, I want you to think for just a minute. That's the last time I'll make you raise your hand, but I want you to think for just a minute about how you pray for things. How many of us, don't raise your hand, I don't want you to feel bad, but how many of us, when we want God to show up and we want to prove to someone that God really is around, how many of us try to make it as easy for God as possible? We try to make it look just a... What the smallest amount of God showing up is going to be how we know that God, that, that God came, right? Oftentimes that's the case. Elijah says, I know God's coming. I'm going to make it as difficult as I can for God to do this so that people really know. Because he could have gotten smaller rocks and he could have gotten like some kindling on the wood so, you know, maybe it would be easier to light and he could have gotten a smaller calf and all those, all kinds of ways. He could, he could have got some little kindling underneath there, maybe a little pine straw, get it started to try and help God along and help God along, make sure that it can burn up. Elijah says, nope. Watch this. <laughs> I'm going to douse this thing with water. I'm going to build a trench. I'm going to fill the, the... The Bible tells us that the water came out of the trench. It was so full. There was so much water on the altar that it came out of the trench and began to run around. <laughs> Elijah's like, I know God's got this. So I'm going to make it as difficult as I can for God so that when it happens, you're going to have no, no way to say anything else. This is for God. This is this isn't for me. God's going to show up and you're, you're, going, you're going to feel silly when he does. So while we're thinking about this altar, I want you to think about this. What are we trying to do here? What, what do we want to happen? We want, we want the bull to burn, right? So let's just think about this. If I have a match, I got this approved, by the way. If I have a match, and I light this match, and I burn this with this match, how long are we going to be here? Forever. Right? No chance. You're silly, Brian. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay, so let's try this. How about this thing? My little grill lighter. Is this better? We burn it now? That's a bigger fire. I mean, that's, and it's not going to burn my finger in three seconds. Right? So if I hold this here, we gonna, is it, are we going to win? 
No? How about this? Is that going to get it? Maybe eventually, right? But it's going to take a while, isn't it? I want you to remember that. It's important to remember that visual as we go through here. Because in verse 37 of chapter 18, Elijah steps forward. He's made fun of them for being foolish. He's made it difficult for God to do it. And now he prays. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you are O Lord, our God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. What does Elijah pray for? God, show up for you. God, I want these people to know that you really are God. I want these people to walk away from here with no doubt in their mind who really is in charge of this world. Anyone feel like we'd like to have that happen right now? Wouldn't it be cool if we could see people actually be brought to their knees? Now remember, trench, water, bowl, rocks. Are you ready? Look at verse 38. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. Did God show up? Did God show up? In a way that Elijah never even dreamed of. You see, Elijah was praying for the bull to be burned up. That's how we know. God said, I'm so much bigger than that. Boom! It's all gone. It's wiped out. The entire altar is gone. There's nothing left. It even says it destroyed the dust. But we, as followers of that same God, watch the news and say, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, it's getting bad in America. Oh, our world is going crazy. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, 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 what? Oh, oh. 
who will stand up? Who's going to stand up for God? Who's going to stand up at school and say, this is crazy. You guys are insane. You've lost your mind. God is God. And God does not approve of what's happening. And someday God will show himself. Can you imagine being Elijah? There are so many things in Scripture I wish I had seen. I'm going to ask God if he has them videotaped, DVR'd by the time I get there. But can you imagine the look on Elijah's face when the altar is destroyed? Because he wasn't asking for that. But God came through. You see, God can come through for anything that's going on in your life. There's nothing. All, all of these knuckleheads that are out there and think that they're, they're in control now and they're doing well now and they're picking up steam now and all of those fears that, I, that, that, that all of us feel about the craziness that could be taking over, God says, it's nothing. I can destroy an altar and lick up water instantly. Got nothing on me. So that's that, that's a good place to end the story, right? Let's just stop right there. God's good. He's powerful. Okay. So what happens with Elijah after this? He becomes very powerful. Everybody loves him. He gets carried off. They sing, he's a jolly good fellow, all kinds of good stuff, right? Ahab, who's Ahab? He's the king, right? And he has a wife named Jezebel, right? And anybody ever heard of a Jezebel? Yeah, there. It's not really a good name if you call somebody Jezebel. That's usually not in a good, not not in a good way, because Jezebel was a pain, mean, nasty. So Ahab goes to Jezebel and says, "Hey, by the way." Elijah just beat all those prophets of Baal. There were 850 of them, and they're all dead now. They're gone. Because Elijah said, kill them when they... I don't know why, but he did. So so they're dead now. So Jezebel goes, if nothing else happens to me, I'm going to kill Elijah. And Elijah says, bring it. No! You know what Elijah does? He runs to a cave. And he hides. And he says, oh, oh Jezebel said she's going to kill me. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I can't believe that you put me here and you're going to let Jezebel come kill me. I, I, I can't believe that, that I'm not going to be able to live any longer. And we read the story and we're like, are you kidding me? Elijah, did you forget? Did did you forget the altar already? Because the God that you're praying to is the same God that destroyed the altar. Why now are you acting like he's not alive? 
Why, why now are you acting like he doesn't have power? He, he can destroy an altar instantly, but you think he can't beat one woman? Come on! I want you to think about this. Because the faithful get to experience forgiveness. And this is what I want you to think about. How many of you have had huge mountaintop experiences in your relationship with the Lord? You've been to a conference and been through worship for three days and you feel like you can't be any closer to God. Or, or you've spent time really studying the Word and you've, you've done a, a devotional study and you've, you've really gotten close to God and you, you feel like you know Him in a way you've never known Him before. Anybody ever experienced that? And then when that happens, you fail. Sin comes. Anyone ever experienced that? It's surprising how many times that happens right after a mountaintop experience like Elijah had. You know what the message is from God in that? Because the real rest of this story is that God comes to the cave where Elijah is. He comes to him and talks to him. And he says, Elijah, where are you? Well, I, I'm here and I can't, believe, I, I can't believe you didn't just kill me, God, because I, I, there's, really, there's really no reason for me to have gone through everything I've gone through and now you're going to let me die by Jezebel. And God says, Elijah, I want, you to, I want you to do something for me. I want you to walk out to the edge of the cave because I'm going to come see you. And several things happen. There's wind and there's earthquakes and there's all kinds of loud noises and big events that happen while, while Elijah is there at the, at the mouth of the cave. And nothing really happens And then there's a still small voice, the scripture tells us. And Elijah takes his coat and covers his head and says, Oh Lord, you really are God. Oh Lord, you really are God. I've blown it. (laughs) I messed it up. I saw what you did on the mountain and almost immediately cowered in a cave. I watched you change lives but was afraid to speak. I've seen you upend governments but not shared your word. And the beauty of God is that he comes to us. When we're faithful, God knows. God knows that sometimes we fail. God knows that sometimes we forget. And God knows that even though sometimes we forget, and even though sometimes we fail, it doesn't mean that we're no longer faithful. It means that we've slipped. 
It means that we've fallen down. It means that we've let something else creep in. But it doesn't mean it's over. The worship team is going to come forward. And as they come, I want to ask you this question. I don't, I don't know where your life is. But I want you to think about this. In this story of Elijah, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself wanting to stand up for God but afraid? Do you find yourself wishing that you could make a difference but you're not sure how and you're afraid to try? Maybe you find yourself in this story as someone who wants to do the right thing but you struggle with trusting God to actually come through. Or maybe you're, you're a, you, you have trouble actually wanting it to be glory for God and you, you kind of want some for yourself. Maybe you find yourself having just failed. And not sure what God thinks of you. And not feeling like God can still love you. Who wants to be big for God? Because the people that want to be big for God get to be big for God when they're faithful. God uses people in ways still today that, that we can't understand and we can't make sense of. A month ago tomorrow was the largest funeral I've ever planned in my life. And I had no part of it other than planning. And it was for a Muslim And I was at the hospital on the 4th of July at 1.30 in the morning. Because an officer that I knew from teaching at the academy had just been shot and killed. And we have these envelopes that we use for people. Because of, because of the job that we do, we understand that sometimes that could happen. And so we have forms that we fill out. Messages we can leave for our family directions for the funeral, who we want to be contacted, who our immediate family are, and all of, the, all of those things are listed. And one of the questions that we have in there is, who do you want to be your family liaison? Because a, a police funeral is huge. Because pe- police officers came from all over America for that funeral. And so it's very, very daunting to a family. Most families are used to a funeral being mostly family and friends. And so we have a liaison from the department that works with the family to make sure the family's requests are honored. And we have the kids do this. We've actually changed this now, but we actually have the kids do this like their first week of, of the academy. They, they don't know anybody. So when they opened Anthony's envelope, there was nothing there. He didn't have a name written down because he didn't know anybody when he filled out the envelope. So I said, okay, I'll be the family liaison to a Muslim family. <laughs> and I, I got a new family out of it. I got new friends. <laughs> I, 
I have Pokemon Go on my phone now. Because his two little sons like to play Pokemon Go. And they were in my office one day and they said, hey, you need to have this. And I'm like, I'm not around. I don't know Pokemon Go. I am not special by any stretch of the imagination. And please don't think I'm saying I am. But I've got new friends and a new family. And I get to share love with them. And my family gets to share love with them. And we get to love people that we never would have known. Just because God said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you here. Who wants to be able to do something big for God? Who wants to be faithful enough that God will say, I'm going to put you in a spot you don't understand and it makes no sense and it's kind of crazy. But I want you to be there. That's open. That's the God that we serve. I'm going to stand and I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. If God's working in your heart, don't, don't walk out of here without letting God continue to work. There's, there's people around. We've got a fantastic staff. We've got some great elders. Other great ministry leaders. We've got women ministry leaders that do a fantastic job. If, you, if, if the Lord's working on you, don't, don't walk out of here and miss it. Miss an opportunity. This is your time with God. It's your time to let him take his word and, and make it happen in your life. Let's pray. God, we want to be big for you. We want to be used and we, we want to see our world changed. And we, we want to see people come to you. And we, want, we want people to find you. And we want people to be loved by you. And we want people to be embraced by you. And we want people to know you. But God, we need you to make that happen. And you need us to be faithful. So I pray that you do that for us today. I pray that you help us be faithful. I pray that you share with us, just like you shared with Elijah, some cool things that you can do. We pray these things in Jesus' name.